Hey folks, and welcome to Drinking Alone with Friends, a podcast where three friends drink alone together. My name's Chris. What up? It's Todd. And I'm Obert. <laughs> <laughs> the only Obert. The only Obert on this call. The single one. <laughs> the, and guys, I have a bit of a bit of a confession to make. Okay. You're secretly Obert as well. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but no. Um, so it's December 1st, and yes. I finished my pumpkin beer today. Oh, wow. Ooh. You broke the rules. I feel like there's maybe two sins with pumpkin beers, right? And one is after November 30th, and the other one is, you know, not drinking it at all. And I think leaving a beer undrank is worse, a worse sin. So Okay. So, so you I'm... only have a minor pe- penance of, of drinking a, six, a whole six-pack of Christmas beers. <laughs> oh, okay. I can do that. Yeah. But I have to drink it Repent. before Christmas. Repent. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, no, it was, I was going through my beer fridge and I was like, oh man, one lone pumpkin beer left. Oh, well, I drank it. It's gone. It's gone now. Can't help it. But, um, that being said, how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Uh, mine was really great. I, um, it was me and popcorn hanging out. I made myself a little, uh, casserole for, for Thanksgiving. It was delicious and unhealthy. It was, um, it's called a hot dish, hot dish casserole. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've heard of this. I've never Um, heard of that. Yeah. It's, uh. You take ground beef and uh, fry, you know, you brown it up and then you put, pour in, you put that in the bottom of a casserole dish and then you pour in um, a layer of frozen vegetables, green beans, corn, whatever you want, cream of mushroom soup, cans, two cans of condensed cream of mushroom soup, and then you cover the whole thing with tater tots and you bake it in the oven until the tater tots get crispy golden brown. And um, not your traditional Thanksgiving feast, but uh, came out really, deli- really delicious. It sounds like a fancy version of shepherd's pie. It's definitely like a less healthy version, I think. I don't know. <laughs> kind of. Kind of is. I What I did, too, is I added a can of corned beef hash in with the ground beef. And I really added a nice little... I got it nice and crispy. It was a nice little bonus flavor there. So don't lie. Did you eat the whole thing? I have about a third of it left. It's today's Sunday. Thanksgiving was Thursday. I've had it for many, many meals between then and now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh does your doctor know about your you now needing blood pressure medication or <laughs> all his arteries yeah. are clogged he's had a heart attack since then <laughs> hey it's thanksgiving you're allowed to eat pig out on thanksgiving is what i that always is true, say with no um, consequences exactly none whatsoever it doesn't count tell that you have to tell that to your heart that it doesn't really count <laughs> Listen, arteries you. can't get clogged um todd how was your thanksgiving it was good uh we had uh everybody over my house and we uh, grilled the turkey out on the um, propane grill. Oh, nice. Okay, we talked nice. about the trash can method. How did the uh, grill method come out? The grill method, it needs a little bit of work. Um, I got I have to perfect my style there. You know, that also, I apparently had a thing with uh, catching turkeys on fire this year. Because that one, too, caught fire for about 10 seconds before I was able to put it out. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no harm, no foul, as... Ooh. That's what I might say. Yeah, yeah. The the there was there was no foul on two levels. Um, <laughs> no, it it came out fine. It just made the skin kind of crispy. Apparently, you're supposed to cook it in like one of those styrofoam pans. Styrofoam? Oh yeah, no, no foil, foil, foil. Oh, that's oh, the word like I was looking for. One of those like roasting pans. Yeah, yeah like yeah. the disposable the, aluminum ones. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, so I just had it right on the grates. Yeah, so no drippings for you. None. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it came out great. Um, 
next year, if I decide to do it that way, I will have to cook it in a roasting pan on the grill. Yeah, maybe with a little basting action as well. Can't I had ba- so so I had extra stuff to baste it with. Um, what caught on fire was I had between the grates and the burners, I had shoved a foil pan to collect the drippings. Because I was just, you know, I was hoping to get some grill marks on my bird, but at the same time collect the drippings. Well, apparently when you shove something in between that little space between the the grates and the burners, that gets really hot. And that caught fire. So I had a grease fire on my grill burning my turkey for about 25 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you had, it wasn't like you just threw the bird in there, closed the lid and, and left it going. So you had the right idea, but that sounds like next year you're going to get a better containment vessel for your drippings. Yeah, I have to just, I have to just work on it. Um, Maybe I'll have to cook a few like full chickens next summer just to, just to practice cooking something of that size or similar size, I guess. Yeah, that's the thing with Thanksgiving turkey, right? If it's the only time you make turkey all year long, it's going to take you a few years to get to get it perfected. So, uh, you know, hey, we still got it's still turkey season. I think I mean, between now and Christmas, I think is when you can have turkeys. You could technically cook a turkey cut off. You could technically cook a turkey all year round. I can buy them all year round in the supermarket. So there's no reason I can't eat them. You know, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Yeah, but we just said you can't eat it after Christmas. Right. So. <laughs> some people make a turkey for Easter, I think. Yeah, I mean that's definitely a dish that some people do. Um, yeah. But bottom line, you're going to perfect it for next 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 Thanksgiving. You'll be an old pro. Well, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I guess if I can't cook it after things or after Christmas, I've got a lot of turkeys to cook over the next <laughs> month. I mean, it sounds like you're already almost there. It sounds like all you were missing was the tray. So right. That and yeah. apparently you're supposed to like lather it in like a like a bath of butter. Okay, mm. that sounds delicious. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, when is butter? When have you ever said no, no, no? This this dish does not need more butter. Uh, I mm. can't think of a time I've ever yeah. said that. So maybe but- maybe bacon. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so Chris, how was your Thanksgiving? <laughs> it was good. It was good. Very low key, which was nice. We got invited over to our friend's house. Um, so her parents were in and we just went over and CJ played with the puppies and um yeah we just kind of pigged out. It was nice Fun. didn't have to like make anything or cook anything. It, uh, so you just showed was... up empty-handed with with a child. Uh I did bring beer <laughs> and wine. But, okay. Chris um, is that guest that just shows up. Hey, I'm here. No, no, no. It's not like cuz Dana <laughs> made sure my I asked. Child. Hey, do we need to bring anything? And, and she my said wife. no. And then a couple days before, I even double checked and was like, hey, is there anything we can bring? She said no. So I was like, okay, all right, that sounds good. And it was really good. It was very good. It was just. And so that's when you have to show up with like a cheesecake and just be like, hey, I know you said I shouldn't bring anything, but here's this cheesecake and or pie and or cookies. Mm. Well, see, the only issue with that is the, the friend is like a great baker already. Uh, she went to school for baking and all that fun stuff, so she already had cheesecake on 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 lock. Even though she did say that my chocolate chip cookies are pretty awesome, but that, that's a good that, compliment, I guess. Yeah, I was pretty excited about that. That's but. when you bring. <laughs> that's when you bring like the ice cream as the supporting dish, supporting. Oh. Ice, you know, you know yeah, they got that's... the pie or the cheesecake, whatever. You you sneak in with the hero with the ice cream. 
for the mm-hmm. all the mode style. Didn't think about that. Maybe next year. But so, so I imagine how was it? How was like it when you all sat down and did they like the podcast? Did, did um, you convert her parents to new listeners? Or <laughs> well, it was funny because they actually already had it queued up, waiting for us to sit down, and um, they said, "Okay, now it's time to say grace." And when everybody linked arms, they just played the entire podcast as grace, uh, which was kind of nice. I mean, you know, <laughs> the food was a little on the warm cool side by the time we ended up eating it was yeah worth it. it sounds like yeah. well you don't want piping hot food anyways i mean you, <laughs> you might burn your mouth <laughs> that's true chris everybody wants it at shovel temperature <laughs> everybody knows if you have the choice between hot food and warm food you always pick warm food mm. yeah <laughs> but but it was a lot of fun can't wait for christmas all right yeah so why don't we get right into our beer reviews after that amazing thanksgiving recap yeah Okay, I'll go first this week. So the day after Thanksgiving is always a little bit of a beer holiday for people who like to go out and find rare beers. Uh, on Wait, that it, day, it is? I didn't know that. There's, yeah. there's Black Friday beer deals? Yeah, there, well, there is a there's a special beer that only comes out once a year that's released on Black Friday. Oh, what beer Every is year. that? So that's, that's funny you should ask that because that's what I'm drinking on today's podcast. Uh, every year on Black Friday, Bourbon County is released by Goose Island. Ooh. And every year they release a couple different variants that range from just their normal uh, Bourbon County brand stout, uh, Bourbon County coffee stout, Bourbon County vanilla stout, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, this year they released seven different varieties to uh, to try from, and I was able to locate four of them on my early morning jaunt out to the liquor store that Caitlin was oh so happy to stand out in the freezing cold at 7.30 in the morning and wait for Total Wine to open. <laughs> wow. I've never heard of anybody waiting for a doorbuster at Total Wine before. That's some serious dedication. Hey, if it makes you feel any better, I was number 26 in line. There were wow. 25 other people in front of me. That's crazy. So, Damn. So, all right. So tell us about these four variants and what you're bringing today. Yeah. So today, I am going to drink one of the variants that I've never had before, and we haven't we don't do a lot of this style on the podcast, so I figured that it was a really good addition to our plethora of beer that we've drank on this pod. Um today I am drinking the 2019 version of the Bourbon County Stout, uh the wheat wine ale aged in Larceny bourbon barrels. Mm. So, so it's a wheat wine, which I'm assuming is kind of like a barley wine. But just with wheat instead of barley. Yeah, but just with wheat instead of barley. <laughs> Interesting. Um in my fridge, I also have the coffee version, the brand version, or the brand stout version, and the cherry version, as well as the normal version. Oh wow! Okay. So um, over the next couple of weeks um, or months, I will probably bring all of them on here because I have more than one bottle of each, and I'd like to share my thoughts and opinions with with our with you guys and our loyal listeners. And the rest of them, he's sending to his best podcasting friends. Right for for quality control to make sure that the the, the ratings are in line <laughs> hey, i told you guys to go out and find him yeah sadly uh goose island does not is not delivered to uh montana we don't have goose island out here wait so. really it's owned by inbev yeah you know what i might be able to find a few bottles here and there but there's nowhere near me that would have the bourbon county bottles hmm I, well i'm assuming chris probably could have found a lot of them at the craft beer cellar if he was willing um, to wake up that early to go there. Yeah. Or stay up that late. Or stay right. up that late. <laughs> That's more likely. <laughs> uh, I'm sure as the father of a toddler, you're used to waking up at all hours of the night at this point. Honestly, not really. But CJ's a really good sleeper, which is... Nice. We are blessed. <laughs> <laughs> so 
so looking at this beer, obviously it's not a stout. It's a it's a wheat wine, barley wine style beer. Um, you guys probably can't see this, but there's a lot of floaties in it. I guess is for lack of a better term. Um, <laughs> but it is a very amberish color to me. To you guys, it probably yeah. looks a little bit more browny, murky, watery. Yeah. So does it have that double digit ABV that most barley wines have? Yes. So this is a fi- so this is fifteen point three percent ABV. Damn. Um, and it says it's it develops in the bottle for up to five years. So I probably shouldn't have cracked this today and you know drank it right now. I probably could have aged it for five more years. Maybe I'll I'll save my other bottle of this for five more years and bring it back out on our you know yeah five and a half year anniversary. <laughs> but yeah, so so yeah, so fifteen point three percent ABV. Uh, it was bottled on September eighth, two thousand nineteen. So I have till September eighth, two thousand twenty four to consume. <laughs> okay. Uh, the hey nose, Siri, set a reminder. <laughs> <laughs> the, on the nose, it's very boozy. Obviously, at fifteen point three percent, I wasn't I wasn't uh, expecting it not to be. But most barley wines, slash, I guess wheat wines, are mostly are very boozy tasting, anyways. Yeah, I'm I'm interested because I'm a I like barley wines, big fan. So, oh, that face, that face, that's one. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that was the shock. Here's the adjustment, and now the pleasure. Wow, that is a boozy, boozy, boozy beer. Mm. Um, a lot of like dark fruits, so like plums and dates are really what I taste out of that. Um, it's thicker than that I thought it was going to be too. Uh, yeah, I'm, I was going to say even through the camera, it didn't look super dark. I mean, I could I could see through it in spots. Right. So yeah, it, I mean, I can, and I if I hold it up to the the screen, I can see your guys' face through it, but it is. It is a thick, thick, thick beer. It definitely coats the mouth and the throat. It's kind of tastes like drinking bourbon. Obviously, it's been aged in larceny bourbon barrels, but whew, it's got a so it's got a little bit of a burn on like on the back end. Yeah, definitely. Is, it, it burns on the way down. It leaves a warm feeling behind. Um, like I said, a lot of plums, a lot of dates. Um, I think now you didn't skip dinner tonight, did you? <laughs> I did not skip dinner, so this <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Hopefully by the end of the pod, I'm not uh, slurring my words as we're you know giving our handles and saying goodbye. We're all in for a, a surprise here. Join us, <laughs> listeners, on this journey. Oh uh, no, it's it's good though. It's not you know barley wines are not really my thing. I'm not really a huge fan of them. Um, but this one's this one's not bad out of the ones that I've had. I'd probably give this under the new untap probably a three nine. So three seven five is what I would have to rate it because can't go up. No rounding up. Rounding down only. Yeah, exactly. I mean, okay. I can't rate a 3.9 a 4. That's unfair to the 4. That's very true. Very true. Um, so while Chris is looking up the average ratings here, can you tell us a little bit about what um, makes these beers special? Are they all aged in bourbon barrels? What is the, what's so special about this one-time annual release that uh, uh, Goose Island does? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, so uh, back before Goose Island was bought by InBev, Goose Island was you know a very sought after, well thought of independent craft brewery um, that did a lot of unique stuff. Obviously, their Goose Island IPA was very popular, um, and they had this this beer, their original beer, the Bourbon County Stout, that they brewed and aged in bourbon barrels. Um, they they change up the the distillery based on the the style of bourbon county that they're brewing to age the beer in oh so the other bottles you have those are all aged in different barrels correct oh cool yeah so so um their ultimate like proprietor proprietor stout which i 
did not find, and their reserve are are aged in. I think it's Willet is their big is their big uh, brand this year. Um, the ones I have are are Bullet and another one that I'm drawing a blank on yeah. right now. Well, we'll hear them when we get when you eventually bring them on. But. Yeah, and so they so they do these every year, and the one cool thing that that happened is somehow the owner, the former owner of Goose Island, convinced An- Inbev that he and his you know business partners, uh, the other brewers that used to own Goose Island, they make all the special releases for Goose Island. So this is not an Inbev product per se. This is a a product of the original owners of Goose Island. So it's one of the few times that you can still get that guy's beers besides showing up to you know the brewery in illinois or the brewery in philadelphia which i've been to and it's awesome <laughs> very cool nice yeah and so i mean overall it's just it's something unique to go out on black friday um and you know instead of i do all my shopping online so it actually gets me out of the house and makes me wake up a little bit early so i have to go out and get it um they only got the, my total wine only got two cases of all the variants, but they had a whole bunch of the normal stuff. So, being that twenty-six person in line, I was able to get bottles of the of the of all the variants that Total Wine had. Nice. So, uh, of all the other crazy people that went out this morning to get this beer, what do you think they rated it on Untapped? People tend to love Bourbon County um, to a fault. I'm gonna say they four point four one. Ooh, you shot a little high. 4.16 so far. Ooh, okay. Out so, of how many check-ins? Uh, 3,087. Oh, wow. So that's it's been a busy busy uh, morning, I guess. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it. <laughs> I guess it's all weekend, huh? Yeah. It has yeah. been all weekend. I was going to I was going to let the let the facade that we were recording on Friday go, but uh, <laughs> nope. It's our usual Sunday night time here. Yeah. I will say my one last comment that I from this year is they released something new called uh it's where it's a gift box where they have 2017 2018 and 2019's version of the bourbon county brand stout in the box i actually did see some pictures of that floating around the instagram and the facebook and stuff like that so being uh being up that early i bought one um so i currently have that if you guys see behind me on the table it's actually sitting right there oh nice oh cool and it'll be featured in this week's picture so go check out our instagram so you can take a look at the at the box too. Nice. And he got one for each of his podcasts. I friends. know that's so convenient. <laughs> I got I call in dibs on 2018. So <laughs> no, that's really cool. But yeah. um, so why don't we transition from a Black Friday beer to a uh, small business Saturday beer? Ooh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was texting you guys because. Um, my favorite local brewery, Bonsai, was doing a, a small business Saturday deal where if you bought four bottles, you get them at 20% off. And they never go on sale. So nice. I had to snag them up. And uh, that's why I'm bringing one on today's podcast. So this is their Reminisce. It's a Belgian blonde ale with 50% aged in Sauvignon Blanc barrels. So I think they they take half of it, they age it for 15, 15 months in French oak. And then they take the other half and brew it fresh, and they blend them together. Um, wow. Interesting. Yeah. And I really like their label, and you'll see this on the Instagram, but they have what looks like equalizer sound bars, like when you're looking mm. at a computer screen playing some music. And each of the bars is like, it's kind of a bar graph of how much on each of these scales this beer is compared to the other ones. So this is high on the bright and sweet and alcohol scale. Even though it's nice. not super alcoholic, but um, low on the bitter, hoppy, and body scale. Hmm. 
Yeah, so this is um, a pretty straightforward beer. Um, I poured some before we recorded to let it warm up a little bit, and then I left the rest in the fridge to kind of keep a good temperature throughout the recording here. But you get that Brett um, smell, that that uh, familiar yeast, the sour grape kind of on the nose for sure. Nice. Uh, as I taste it, I get, and I, I guess, you know, when I said sour grape, I wasn't really thinking of Sauvignon Blanc, but those flavors definitely shine through. I think that mixes with the Brett really well. Um, you can see it's, you know, typical blonde color, kind of a, not maybe not straw like we talked about last week, but uh, dark, a dark <laughs> straw, dark golden straw. <laughs> um, all in all, this is a really good beer. I've had it on t- their tap before, but I've never had it in a bottle. So it's cool to pick one up, uh, bring it home. Uh, I think I'm going to rate this beer. Uh, oh, man, this is a tough one. I want to say three seven five on the on the old untapped scale here. Interesting. Um, so, do you think that the oat, the the French oak is does that add to the, like the the grapiness flavor? Yeah, I think. Good question. And or I mean, the wininess flavor. We talked a little bit about it last week about how we're not big wine drinkers, but I think one of the big differences between a French oak and American oak is your French oak is a little bit more subtle of a flavor. American oak, I think, is more typically found in your bolder red wines. You mean American um, oak's more oaky? Yeah, I think so. Um, and where, so I don't damn get French a t- their damn French, their French <laughs> oak. Yeah. I don't get a ton of that oak flavor in here, but I definitely do get the, um, the Sauvignon Blanc coming through. So if you had to guess what the untapped universe thought of this, what would you guess? I'm going to say 366. Close, but no cigar. 4.01. But. Wow. It's only out of 45 check-ins. Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I I understand there's not that many people in Montana, but I definitely thought there'd be more than 45 check-ins to a beer. So that's interesting. You've also actually rated this beer before. <laughs> How's my bo- uh, draft rating compared to my bottle rating? Well, I was going to say, I think you preferred it more on draft because you rated it a 4.0. Mm. Yeah. On draft. I could see that. Yeah. <laughs> I also think I let it warm up a little bit too long. Mm. Um, I I got it out when we before we even started recording here. So um, maybe as I mix some more fridge temperature back in, it'll it'll improve. <laughs> nice. All right. So Chris, do you have some? We did Friday. We did Saturday. When did you get this beer? Um, Tuesday. <laughs> a a Tuesday. <laughs> uh, no, I'm not positive when I got this beer. I'm gonna say Tuesday. It was transport beer tuesday um as, as they everybody say. knows yep uh so this i actually got from some friends up north uh when they were going through maine they stopped at this brewery that i'd never heard of good fire brewing i was gonna say was it me no actually it wasn't you um i had a lot of friends go to maine that short period of time <laughs> um it's a good beer state not gonna lie mm, it is a good beer state yeah some 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 of some, my favorite beers some would say one of the better states, or if not, in the top five. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. We, there's like 10 states I would put in the top five, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, so, Good Fire Brewing. Uh, never had been here before. Never been here before. I think it's relatively new. But this is their Minimum Nelson, and it's a one-hop pale ale. So, hmm. 
With Nelson Hops, I assume. Yes, yes. Nelson Salvin Hops. Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, Chris Poor. Oh. It's happening. (laughs) Um, It wouldn't be an episode if you couldn't pour a beer. If I poured a beer like a real person? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Don't have to worry about that. Don't have to worry about the head, because like, the head's there. I believe um, at one point in time, a handle of ours was like how to properly pour a beer. It, probably. You it should probably go refer back to that episode, <laughs> like, every day in preparation for this podcast. No, I mean, it smells It smells really, really good. It gives a lot. Chris just likes to vigorously release the aromas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like if I didn't pour it like this, I wouldn't get as much on the nose. Um, it's hard to say, but it's like... A stereotypical Nelson hop beer. Um, like I get a good mix of both, like like I don't know, like tropical fruitiness and some earthiness to it. Not like dirt earth, but like I don't know, piney earth. Yeah, yeah, like piney sort of. Um, so I don't know. It's it's really confusing, but I know this smells a lot like uh when they do bright with Nelson and. One other hop I can't remember. Treehouse does, um, but it smells almost exactly the same. Oh, okay. Not, not that that helps anybody really, but it is what it is. So, pretty excited for this. I'm gonna let it die down a little bit. Um, but Portland, Maine. This came from my friends, well, friends of the family, Sarah and Evan. When they went through, they got they also got me dinner that I featured on the podcast. Oh, that's right. Ago, so yeah. So shout out to them again for hooking me up with some some beers. And uh, it's pretty funny. They say, refrigerate, drink now, we'll make more, high five on the side of the can. So, <laughs> well, I was going to say, you've been you've been sitting on this one for a while now then. Y- yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of those things. And I was thinking about it. I was like, man, I keep pulling beers out for the podcast. And then like I went and I bought new beer and it was stout season. And it was like this whole thing. And I was just like, today I looked and I was like, I just, I got to get, I got to drink it. I just got to get through my IPA backlog. Yeah. That's the tough when you have some really special IPAs and you're like, I want to save this for a good occasion, but I also want to drink it immediately. Right. And the only occasion I really have is I get to record a podcast on Sundays. So (laughs) that's very true. The rest of the time I can drink whatever. The rest of the time he drinks Bud Light. No, actually I don't. I don't, I'm, I've been getting into like mixed 12 packs and samplers and stuff like that because it's way cheaper than buying beer from like a craft store and it's been pretty good so nice anyways my head my, the head is disappointed so let's give this thing a try okay it's really good um still after all this time yeah yeah no i i think it's i think it's it holds up really well i think it helps also because it's just a pale ale versus an ipa um but it's it's pretty good i mean i would say it's kind of like i get a decent amount of like I would say, like, I'd pull out like maybe a mango or something like that. So there's me, huh. there's me digging into the into the chest. Um, not overly uh, bitter. It's pretty, pretty low key, pretty, pretty mellowed out. You know, honestly, it tastes it's got. It's got a little bit of like a, like almost like a, like a, like a spice to it. I don't know what, but um, like, like pepper. Yeah, kind of like that, like a pepper kind of thing. It's really kind of kind of weird but it sounds um, like a really complex really strange beer for like it being a single hop i know yeah. you wouldn't think it but with a name like why. minimum i wouldn't expect so much complexity yeah and i don't know exactly why how they make the minimum i don't know what's part of the the grain or anything like that but it's a it's a it's a solid beer easy 5.2 percent alcohol 
At first, I thought you were rating it a 5.2. I'm like, wait, wait, wait. What? What's this now? <laughs> like, easy Chris, 5.2 stars on Untapped. Wait, what? Chris has new Untapped. Reworked the rating system. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's a good, nice, easy drinker. Um, you know, if you don't like your, if you like more like fruity, less bitter pale ales or IPAs, this is something for you. So, like a treehouse style beer. Where it's very fruit forward and like no bitterness to speak of. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it is kind of, it's like that. I wouldn't put it quite on the same level, you know, quality wise. Not that this is bad by any means, but, you know, Treehouse is one of the gold standards, of course. But it's a really, really good, easy drinking beer. So um, I'm going to give it a 375. Nice. That makes, I think it's 375s all around tonight. Did Ted give his a 375 too? 3.9 rounded down. Yeah. Oh, right, right, right. 3.9. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, it's 3.795 night. So, there you go. Um, and if I ever make it back up to Maine ever again, going to hit up uh, gonna hit up Good Fire Brewing. It's in Portland. So, I mean, it's where everything else is. So Yeah, the only problem with that is, it's, is you have to decide which Portland breweries you want to stop at. And I know it's a common dilemma of people driving through Maine. You only have so long to spend at these breweries. Why not? Why not stay, stay a few days and stop at the mall? I, that's a good point. Mm. I don't know why more people haven't thought of that. Yeah. <laughs> See, solving the world's problems one question at a time. Okay, so I have it up here on Untapped, Chris. What do you think the Untapped universe thinks it is? Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say three point eight two. You are uh, close to three point nine four. Damn. Okay. Ooh, yeah. I was. I was. I was right there. I could smell it. it. More check-ins than mine, but less than Todd's, but 248 check-ins. I can't believe my beer that came out two days ago has more check-ins than either one of your beers. I know, Combined. Well, it is, like you said, it is nationally distributed. And if there's so many people just at your one store waiting to, or willing to stand in line and wait for it, I'm not so surprised. Um, Whereas both of ours, I think, are only available at the brewery. Well... I guess. I mean, I would just imagine that they've been long. They've been out longer than three days, and I'm assuming more than more than three thousand people have drank either of your beers before. Maybe they don't use Untapped up in Maine. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say you have the uh, the Untapped universe of the people who care a lot about beers and are willing to go out and get these special one day only releases. So that could be True. part of it too. So, guys, I know um, way back in our archives deep in the early episodes we talked a little bit about bacon and the best way to to prepare your bacon and hashtag team rock hard and the team flaccid appropriate amount of crispiness to it well i wanted to share this article that i stumbled across this thanksgiving weekend here it's from the kitchen.com spelled without an e in kitchen uh and the article is called we tried eight methods of cooking bacon and found an absolute winner wait how did you say the website was spelled the kitchen without an e in the, oh. it's k i t c h n. Why is everybody always ripping off Untapped with dropping the e? You know, I I think uh, it's just what apps do nowadays and what website. It's just the new thing. But uh, so they did cast iron skillet, non-stick skillet, water in a skillet, baking with a parchment sheet, baking it right on the rack, microwave, air fryer, and sous vide. So they really mm. went through a whole bunch of different methods. Um, I'm gonna put the link in the show notes but before i reveal the winner here do you guys have like a preferred like super secret method how do you guys how are you guys making your bacon i bake mine on a cookie sheet 
I'm very confused by some of these methods that you mentioned. Um, but I'm going to let Chris go first. Then, then I'll circle back with my confusion. Okay. <laughs> my my go-to is to make the perfect piece of bacon, which we all know is, you know, you ho- if you hold it up, it goes up for a little bit, then slightly curls over. So you just take um, it out of the package and shove it in your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> no, not quite. Chris uh, likes then bacon it would be all extremely droopy. rare. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just go out and I bite the I bite the pig. <laughs> yeah, just yeah. Grab, grab it by grab it by the tail. Um, but I always, gen- I will not always. Generally, we will do them in uh, like a f- just a regular nonstick frying pan, something like that. So um, on occasion, if we're doing a lot of bacon, we'll bake it. Uh, it that is not my preferred way of because then it comes out too crispy normally for me so hashtag team rock hard yeah well um, so which so todd circling back which ones which methods are you questioning here so um directly on the rack seems worrisome to me um a because i can just imagine it's just it's just a giant mess and i could see a lot of grease fires you know having caught a turkey on fire two weekends in a row from, from greece I can see a lot of grease fires occurring in your house cooking bacon directly on the rack. Yeah. So let me clarify this one, and then we can go to your next objections here. And this article says that um, that this was from a, a tweet by Alton Brown, but uh, how it works is you line a baking sheet with paper towels, and then you put the a wire rack over the paper towels, and you put the bacon on that wire rack. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's not what I assumed. Yeah. Yeah. That... I. Yeah. I mean, granted, I was trying to go through the list, and they they go into more details further down the article. But yeah, this was how they. It's not exactly just throwing it right in the oven and closing the door and walking away. Yeah, that seems dangerous. Yeah, don't do that, folks. <laughs> the other is the sous vide method, and I can just imagine that 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 comes out very flaccid. That's not even like team like Chris flaccid that's like rubber i would imagine i mean it's boiling but it's not Hmm. boiling when you cook a steak like that like it's so you get a really nice piece of rare meat yeah well so this is what they said they said um they ended up with a slice that had a thin crispy shellacked like layer on the outside and a juicy fatty interior it was buttery tender and uniformly flat with little shrinkage is how they described how it came out so in other words it wasn't in the pool wasn't it the pool of Greece? No, it was a Seinfeld reference. Oh, the you shrinkage. said shrinkage. Got I it. said, I said it wasn't in the pool. We got that. We got there eventually. Yeah, I I missed that one at first, but yeah, minimal shrinkage, which they they rated each of these on on shrinkage factor. <laughs> so one other thing on here that you mentioned, Ted, recently, one of your handles, semi recently, was an air fryer, right? Yes, that's really that's an. I know we've cooked bacon in there before, but it's not my go-to method. Okay, so you've done the air fryer method. When like cooking it with like Brussels sprouts, I've never done it with just bacon by Straight itself. Up bacon, yeah. Mm. That that one did strike me because I used my air fryer for the first time in a long time yesterday. So yeah, that method got a, a seven out of ten here. So they said if you're an air fryer devotee, go for it. Was their bottom line. So okay, yeah. They said the method works well if you only need a few slices of bacon and you don't really care if it curls up or if it if it sits flat because you're going to have to fold the bacon to really get it in there. So. so so out of all those methods, what was the worst? So on their rating scale, the worst one was water in skillet. 
So this is, I guess this is from uh, Care of Cooks Illustrated. And basically you just put bacon in a cold skillet with just enough water to cover all the bacon. And then you just cover it, you cook it until the water boils off. And it sounds like it wasn't really that good. It was cleanup sucked. They gave that method a, a five out of ten. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't even like doesn't even sound good. You know, like I don't know, just boiling bacon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah. know if I would want to boil bacon. No. Yeah. No, wasn't that good? But um, if you so yeah, drum roll. The best method here was you'd be happy to find out baking on parchment paper. Yeah. This is so Martha Stewart's technique. Right here, it's a splatter-free way to get perfectly crispy bacon. You set bake it at 400 degrees until it's crispy. It's your liking. And um, they said the key was to make sure that the parchment paper is big enough so that it covers the whole uh, pan. And then they took the bacon off, threw the parchment paper away, and the pan was perfectly clean. So Shiny side up or shiny side down? Um, I think you want shiny side up. I don't use parchment paper that often. But, does, it have, uh, does it have to be wide? Like, so I know it can be longer than the pan because, like, you just rip the size. But yeah, it's have to be wider it, too. Yeah, that was kind of what they said: is make sure that it hangs off all of the sides. Okay. Yeah, yeah, but they said you know that uh, they love that it cooks hands free with no babysitting, and it works for a few slices or up to twenty, and effortless cleanup, pretty slices, and easy control of the crispiness or chewiness of the bacon. So they gave that one. That was the ten out of ten on their their list here. Well, so, so that's, hmm. look at that, Martha. She knows what she's doing. You apparently, know? I am not good at bacon. <laughs> See? And apparently, I'm like the best. At, I'm I'm the bacon master. Therefore, I mean, even, team team rock hard. Yeah. <laughs> even my my method only got a six. The so. nonstick skillet. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They oh, really yeah. they were big fans of cast iron skillet for sure. Mm. Um, uh, you know, if I had one, I probably would use it, but fortunately, oh, I, yeah, fortunately, I don't. Same, same here. But um, wait, 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 wait. Neither one of you have a cast iron skillet. You know, I had one, um, but it got rusty, and I tried to reseason it, and it just never really stuck. And you know, there's been many times I've thought about getting another one, but uh, I just never, never think about it at the time when I'm in the store to get one. Yeah, no, I don't have one either um i know my dad's got like a million but that doesn't help me 1100 miles away. <laughs> guess that you could ask your dad for one for christmas oh there we go yeah pre-seasoned that's got some love in that skillet <laughs> um so yeah i saw this article and i thought of both of you so i thought i'd bring it on the show today because we've spoke before about our all of our collective love of bacon and even though it's not strictly alcohol related i thought why not bring it on yeah, no, definitely very interesting. I would have never thought of some of these ways. Like, I I don't know if I ever would have used an air fryer for bacon. Just don't know if it would have happened. Yeah. I'm going to try it now, for sure. I'm like, just try the whole pieces just to, tr- just to see how it comes out. But I'm also yeah, going to try this gonna... parchment thing, too. Yeah, that seems like the trick. Seems like that's the way, because you don't have to even wash the pan. And that's really what it's all about, if you ask I me. I mean, I've done it on <laughs> aluminum foil before, where the aluminum foil covers the whole pan. And then you don't have to wash the pan either. Mm. Oh. We definitely use parchment paper. Yeah, like I don't that's, know. That's how that's how Dana makes bacon. Like I don't know, most of the time. Uh, she's already on the perfect method. Then her she and Martha. Is, yeah, yeah, she is. And I don't know what the advantages or disadvantages of parchment over aluminum foil are, but 
If you do know, know, write in. It wasn't on the list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bacon people at this website, write in. Well, <laughs> I'm assuming that given the parchment paper, they, they bill it as splatter free. So I'm assuming with, with aluminum foil, there'd be splatter. Maybe because we do get splatter pools. when we cook our bacon. It's mm. splatter full. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Extra splatter. <laughs> so did you guys hear uh, some of the big news within the beer industry over the past two weeks? I don't think I did. What's this? We got nominated as best beer podcast of all time. Oh, well, that already awesome. happened after episode one. <laughs> really? They, did yeah. they listen to episode one? <laughs> of course they didn't. They, they, knew, they knew it was audio gold. <laughs> they knew there was potential, put it that way. <laughs> so New Belgium, which is a Colorado-based craft brewing company, announced on November 19th, 2019, that it was, was planning to sell itself to Lion Little World Beverages, a global beer division of the Kiernan Group, which is a uh, massive private equity company. Oh. Uh, yeah, I've never even heard of them before. That's weird. Lion Little World Beverages? Lion Little World Beverages. They're Australian, so I don't know why oh, they decided okay. so to put that's why I hadn't heard of Little them. in front of Lion, but it's a weird name. I think that's how it translates to English from Australian. Right. Yeah, because everything is reversed down there. So. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, gotcha. Yeah. Good day, mate. So really, it's Beverages World Little Lion. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> that, you know, that would be a better name. I think it would, too. Yeah, so so yeah, New Belgium they make the fat fat tire. They make a few other good ones. They do Voodoo Ranger, which you had the pumpkin on a couple weeks ago, it was really good. Yeah, um, and it's they're it's definitely not... one of the bigger craft breweries out there. Oh yeah, they're huge. Yeah, they're massive. They've got a place in uh, Colorado and a place in Asheville. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I've been to the one in Asheville. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's very big, very large. So Ober, in fact, they are they in fact they are the fourth largest craft brewer in the world. Wow. Wow. Uh, I mean, yeah. I guess they're not. Well, I guess they'd still technically, because they weren't bought by a big corporation. So I guess they're still technically a craft brewer, right? Well, I think that they're no longer going to be an independent craft brewer. You know that little like black and white label you see on craft beers sometimes? Yeah, the independent. Like the, upside oh, down, yeah. the upside down bottle. Yeah. In fact, this article that I'm reading says, if approved, the sale would remove New Belgium's craft brewer status as defined by the Brewers Association. Okay. Yeah. Right, and that's interesting. I think that it goes back to kind of what Sal was talking about uh, in his email because they're going to make the same amount of the same stuff. It's just that they're now going to be able to produce more. So I don't know. Yeah, and it seems like we cover these articles more and more about brewers consolidating and getting bought out. Um, but you know, it's it's such a growing industry, and as band, brands get bigger and bigger, I'm sure we're going to see more and more consolidation. But uh, I really love how independent and diverse the whole craft beer scene is. You can find so much different stuff out there. You know, it's really a good way to support local businesses, I think. You know, like I talked about how I got these bottles for Small Business Saturday. Like, it's it's neat that so many breweries you can go to are, are just owned by regular people like us. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, and it's sad that New Belgium's going to, uh, you know, become part of the man. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure that the employees are going to be pretty well compensated and are pretty happy about it. So yeah. So before uh, the sale, or and I guess it, the sale hasn't completed yet. Uh, there's 300 employees that work for New Belgium, and it's a and it's an ESOP, which basically means it's just it's employee owned. So all oh, it's the like a co-op, basically. Yeah. So all the employees will be getting a payout due to this sale. Um, 
of a, a significant amount of money. I mean, this says more than 300 employees are receiving over uh, $100,000 of retirement money with some receiving significantly greater amounts. It also talks, this article also talks about the fact that Lion Little World Beverages is a global beverage division of Australian brewer Lion. So it's really Lion, it really should be Lion Dash Little World Beverages. Um, notable brands that, that Lion Little owns are Little Creatures and New Zealand brand Steinlager. Oh, okay. So it's just a combination of Little Creatures and Lion. So that's where they get Lion Little, I understand now. Hmm. We got there. We figured it out. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Yeah. All right. So with that, it's time to end the show as we always do with our three handles on our frosty mug of wisdom. We offer you life advice, recipe, Thanksgiving themed stuff. Uh, you know, Black Friday deals too late. Who knows what we got this week? The, the most wisdomy <laughs> of wisdoms. The wisdomy wisdom of our mug of wisdom. All right, I'll start this week. Um, I know that this has kind of been a running theme I've been doing lately, and I think it's been part of the show a little bit more, but I don't know about you guys, but as the months get colder, I seem to cook more and more. So I'm bringing yet another recipe on the podcast. That actually would be two for today if you include the hot dish, but this is a, a soup. I'm not really a big soup person, but this is this was a pretty tasty soup that I made this weekend uh, called a creamy tortellini soup. Um, I don't know if you heard this. It's kind of blowing up online. It's one of those fad recipes that's going all over the place. Well, I know what a tortellini is. Yeah. Mm. So this recipe, you know, you can either slow cook it or fast cook it. Um, I would recommend slow cooking it. But uh, you basically take some sausage, get that a little crispy brown on the sausage that you've chopped up into pieces. Um, you put that in a in a stock pot and you put in there some tomato sauce, some chicken broth. Um, you put in some onions, some garlic, cook it up for a little bit. And then a few minutes before you serve it, you you use that store-bought tortellini, the fresh stuff like that's you see in the fresh pasta section sometimes. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Throw that in just for a couple of minutes. Throw in some kale, cook it up, add a little bit of cream. And not going to lie, it came out really good. I think you know it's going to be my, my lunch for the week coming up here. But as we get into winter months, I really like more of the, the heartier recipes. And I thought this was a pretty good one. So I wanted to, sh to share it on the pod today. Awesome. Nice. Sounds good. Yeah. And like I said, again, link in the show notes, as we always do for our handles. But uh, with that, I'm going to hand it off to Tud. Tud, take it away. Sure. So my handle this week, I don't know if you, I don't know if you guys actually know this. I just learned about this. Um. I should start this off by saying I don't use Google or Bing as my search engines when I search on my phone and or my computer. I use DuckDuckGo. I always struck you as an Ask Jeeves man. Oh, DuckDuckGo. Okay. <laughs> yes. I use I use DuckDuckGo. I just – I like the privacy a little bit better. Um, I've just – for whatever reason, it's been my go-to for a little while now of my designated search engine just because I don't like the fact that Google tracks everything. But every once in a while, I have a hard time finding something on DuckDuckGo. Because the system's not quite as good as Google's search system. So what I learned is there's a a, a hotkey, essentially, to automatically make your phone and or web browser search the search engine that you want it to search without having to like go to Google.com or Bing.com or whatever. And so if you type in you know whatever you want to search for, and then if you type in a, a G and an exclamation point, it'll actually Google it for you instead of going to your 
designated search engine. Um, same thing if you, if you use an exclamation point and a B. And if you want to search for something on Amazon, you can type in what you're looking for and, and put, an, exclam- put a, an A and an exclamation point, and it will search Amazon as well. So I just want to make sure I fully understand this. Your handle this week is kind of a two-parter. One, a search engine that kind of sucks. And two, a way to search <laughs> using one of the search engines we already all know about using the crappier search engine. Kind of. <laughs> okay. So, Very cool. So I feel like I need to restate myself. DuckDuckGo doesn't track you when you search for something. Okay. So they don't save your information. They don't save your IP address. They don't save any of that. That stuff that Google uses to make to monetize people who use their service, DuckDuckGo doesn't do. So in other words, you can get all of the benefits of Google without all of the weird, gross tracking by typing exclamation point G and using DuckDuckGo as your search engine. Correct. Well, so so in the if you go to like a blank tab on your on your phone or computer and type in like you know New Belgium for example, and if you were using DuckDuckGo as your normal browser, you hit enter, it brings up the DuckDuckGo page. If you want to populate it with Google instead, you would type in New Belgium exclamation point G and it would bring you to the Google search of it. So it's helpful if like you're trying to find something that you know Google can easily populate, like a direction to somewhere or something like that, something that. Google just does naturally that a website that uh, doesn't track you wouldn't be able to help you with as easily, if that makes sense. So, like, if you're trying to find where to go for breakfast, DuckDuckGo is not going to be able to help you because it doesn't keep track of your location. Google does. Google's helpful for that. But it's not always the most helpful when you're not trying to find what's for breakfast. Well, I don't think that could be any clearer. So, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. <laughs> Um. I think the most the most helpful one is going to be the exclamation point A for most of our listeners, which is, you know, you want to find something on Amazon, you type in what you're looking for, hit exclamation point A, and it will load Amazon versus loading Google, where it might come up with like, you know, 18 versions of a Bose headset. It'll bring you to Amazon to that Bose headset. It'll just bring you to like random new Belgium people, Belgian newborns, if you just search new Belgian DuckDuckGo normally, so... <laughs> Okay, well, thank you for that that handle. Um, I actually, I already used the exclamation G, but so I can second that recommendation for sure. Okay, so Chris, what is your handle? All right, so mine is an app that we stumbled across uh, semi by accident. Um, now, because we have a two-year-old and uh, we have a lot of digital movies, I don't know if you guys have digital movies as well, there's a bunch of different streaming services or you know services where you could have you know these movies you could have them on voodoo on prime video google play all of that fun stuff right these are all places that you've bought movies before right yeah you bought the movie so you know instead so instead of going to like a bunch of different apps or having them downloaded there's a there's an app called movies anywhere where you can link all your accounts to now you can't link DuckDuckGo, unfortunately (laughs) but um you can link google play Microsoft, Xfinity, uh, Verizon, Apple TV, Prime Video, Vudu, a bunch of different different ones. And when you open this app up on your tablet or smartphone or TV or what what may have you, um, your entire library is available versus I, I have to go to Vudu to watch this and then I have to go to Google Play to watch this, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's, it's just a convenience. And we found out about it by accident because uh, we have a lot of movies on voodoo uh and when we got cj his tablet voodoo wasn't 
compatible with his tablet, but Movies Anywhere is. So even though he can't get voodoo, he can still watch Moana. No, nope. so like a back doorway and now wait yeah. a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. You bought your twenty-one month old, no, twenty-three month old, twenty-three, a, a tablet. Oh yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm only thirty-one years old, and I'm about, and I'm about to buy a tablet. So <laughs> I'm working well, I'm just, on it. I'm working my way towards that purchase. I didn't want to stumble right, right beyond that, real quick. No, no, no. So it's is, a, it's is a he thing. using DuckDuckGo as his approved search engine? No, he's using he's using Google, like a real person, <laughs> um, like a real toddler. <laughs> no, it's it's unbelievable though because he. He uses he uses it primarily for YouTube. We bought it so if he goes if we're out in public and he's starting to break down or whatever, we can put on. He loves these YouTube videos like nursery rhymes and things like that. But now it's to the point where if he has it on and a song pops up that he doesn't like, he knows how to hit the pictures on the side to change this change it to something else. And I'm like, are you kidding me? You're only not even two. So this week he's doing that. Next week he's building like Excel spreadsheets with pivot tables. He probably will. I don't even yeah. really know how to make pivot tables. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, anyways, uh, movies anywhere. It just it's more of a convenience more than anything else. But definitely, definitely worth it. Okay. Well, there we go. That's our three handles this week: a recipe, a shittier search engine, and a way to watch movies you own on a different app. Hope you hope you enjoy that, folks. We're knocking it out of the park. Can, wait, so with this Premium movies anywhere, content. can I, can you link Netflix too, so you can watch stuff that's on Netflix? No, or no. Disney Plus. It's only stuff that you like own. Okay. Own. Well, I right. own my Netflix subscription. So, but like like you said, Amazon, right? You can buy videos on Amazon, but the free movies on Amazon aren't in there. I I don't believe so. That I I haven't. Yeah, tried we'll have that to yet. get CJ on the pod. We gotta ask him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, go wake him up. Tech whiz, so, yeah. <laughs> so with that, uh, we'd like to thank the breweries for providing today's beer. I'm going to go first and thank Goose Island for their Bourbon County brand stout. But their instead of their normal stout, it's the Wheat Wine Ale, aged in Larceny Bourbon Barrels, 2019 edition. I'd like to thank Good Fire Brewing Company for their Nelson Minimum Pale Ale, and I want to thank Bonsai Brewing Project. For the reminisce. Please make sure you're following us on social media at DAWF Podcast. That's all social media. That's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Untapped. Um, go to it through DuckDuckGo or Google or Bing or whatever you use for your search engine. Also, hashtag follow the email at DAWF at gmail.com. Um, apparently, you can't get away from Gmail if you use DuckDuckGo, so that's an interesting one that I have to think about. Make sure you're you're going on to patreon and subscribing a bunch of different tiers for people who want to listen you know it's as little as a dollar or as much as you know 13 trillion dollars a month depending on whatever you want to give us you can get some extra content there so with that my name is ted my name's chris and i'm obert and remember if you're drinking alone do it with friends i really have to get you guys to use DuckDuckGo. you don't want the government i told to you i already do i already used the explanation for the I, I don't know if I would ever know the handle, so I'm glad to do it.